Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, here in this house, you are invited to participate with a preparation season that will empower you to go through that which many will not be able to go through. My spirit, my word, and my grace upon you will open the door for a great wave of mercy and compassion to come forth from this house and touch many hearts. Many are not prepared. Many are not ready for the perilous times which shall increase and come upon the earth in a greater measure. Even that which would interrupt the normal ebb and flow of life that will alarm the hearts of many, you will be ready. You will be in position and you will be in a place in which I can use you mightily to be a voice, not an echo of the past, but a voice in the present of hope, of faith, of an answer, of a removal of doubt and unbelief, and of a way in which many have not considered, but will consider in the future. So be ready and let the preparation season be completed in you as individuals and a church. And you will see that it's not wasted time, that it really was not a sacrifice, that it was the grace of your God and His loving compassion readying you for one of the most incredible times the earth has ever seen. Hallelujah. Wow. Lift your hands and receive that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My, 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 my. My, my, my. Now, now, just for a moment, we're not going to teach on this, but just for a moment to help you to understand. You know, we believe in the moving of the Holy Ghost. I don't believe the Spirit of God has ever stopped moving since He moved on the face of the deep back in creation. It's men that quit moving, men that pull back from God, men that pull back from the power and the influence of God. Amen? Now, those that believe in the fullness of the Spirit in this dispensation know there are gifts of the Spirit. Very well documented all throughout the Bible, these different giftings and endowments, but brought to a focus in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in which they're identified and categorized. Everybody with me? Three great, three great revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. They reveal things. Three great power gifts, a gift of faith or special faith that is imparted by God. Gifts of healing, which means there are all kinds of ways to get healed. Then there's, then there's working of miracles. These are power gifts released into the church for the blessing of God's people and the evangelization of the world. Amen. Then there's the vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Everybody say prophecy. Now, they're equal. They're the same. Now, in their purest form, they're given for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of the church as revealed by the Word of God. But they're also carriers. You say, what do you mean carriers? Well, sometimes it can be prophecy. Sometimes it can be tongues and interpretation of tongues, but they will carry words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Words of knowledge that deal with the present. Words of wisdom that deal with what's coming. That's why your ear needs to be as tuned to 
words of knowledge and words of wisdom, prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Your, your ear needs to be as tuned to it as it is to the Word, which means you need to not just listen to it, but hear it. Hear it. I keep a, I keep a log of all of the things that God says to us supernatural. It's amazing. I ought to just get up here one service and read them. How God has telegraphed down through the, the months and the years. This is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to do it. This is what's going to happen. And sometimes we're not just paying, we're not paying attention to what He's saying. But He keeps talking to us. What did He just tell us? We're in a time of preparation. That's a sacrificial time. It's a sacrifice to come to prayer. Sacrifice to come to church every service. Sacrifice to tithe, to offer, to be just wound up in the move of God. Amen? But you have to understand the, the relevancy of the church to the world is unmeasurable because as long as the church here, the fullness of what the enemy tries to do cannot happen. But when the church is removed, oh my God, this thing is going to go bad. Quick. Everywhere, all over the world. And here's the thing. God wants to reap a great harvest of souls. He has unmeasurable mercy for my loved ones, for your loved ones, for those I've been ministering to, for those you've been witnessing to. I've got, listen, I keep a large group of unbelievers gathered around me. They gather around me. You say, what do you mean? I mean, they don't run from me or hide from me. When I'm around, they come around. You say, why is that? Because I speak life to them. Even though some of them haven't got to the point where they want to pray that prayer yet, many of them, they, 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 just, they just yearn for me to be around them because they know it's my words that encourage them, my words that give them life. It's not my words, it's God's Word, God's word in me. Amen? So let's let ourselves be prepared. We've known in the Spirit for how long around here? That what? What did the Holy Ghost, what did the Spirit of God say to us back in late April? Do you remember? He said the summer would be benign. Does anybody remember that? Did it come to pass? Why did it come to pass? Because I didn't say it, God did. He knows what's coming. But then He said as we progress into the fall, as we come upon the fall, as it transitions into the winter, there's going to be a darkness that's going to come. There's going to be a, there's going to be a shaking. There's going to be some things that are going to transpire that we as a church must be ready for. Amen? It's not the will of God that we be scattered to the four corners of the wind just trying to survive on our own. We're better together than we are apart. Let me say that again. We're better, we're stronger, we're more anointed. We have corporate faith, we have corporate prayer. A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And right now, that's one of the greatest strategies of the devil is to isolate people in fear, to isolate people in, 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 in intimidation and, and in literally panic. And listen, I know a lot of you, you watch by, you watch by uh, live stream and, and you're blessed with the Word. But here's the one element that, that lacks in live stream. It's the fellowship. You don't know. I mean, our services are wonderful. We've got great teaching, great music. But you don't know what it means for people to linger after services and talk to one another. To, to just share life make plans to go out to dinner, to do this, to see. Listen, that, the Bible says when that fellowship is activated, the blood of Jesus comes into play and cleanses us all from sin and unrighteousness. 
You say, why? Because holy hangs around holy. Righteous hangs around righteous. Healed hangs around healed. Prosperous hangs around prosperous. Then we take it and we give it to the world. Amen. You love the Lord. Give him a great shout. Oh, give him a mighty shout. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. We're going to look at two scripture references this morning. And I guess we can line it up with what we've been teaching on. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 2 Peter chapter 1. If you want to prepare yourself to go to those. As I was preparing... I had something else, and then actually in prayer, the Lord began to speak this to me, and I thought, man, that's really good. You want me to teach this this morning? And the Lord said, yeah. So I do. I am. I'm going to. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read in King James first, beginning in verse 13. Everybody say 13. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Everybody say, common to man. But now notice this, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. Everybody say, escape. You know, we've got an escape, church. Now there's the big escape in which God's going to take us, take us out of the Take us off the planet. And I believe God's reserving that for a point in time in which the church has completed its task. Amen. So, well, I'll tell you, uh, God, I thought Jesus was coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. I still see a lot of wrinkles around here. You know, it doesn't take long to iron something. Actually, I got a deal at the house. I just drop my pants in, shut it, and push the button, and that irons my pants. Amen. It doesn't take, it doesn't take long for God to iron things out. Amen. But now this word temptation is a unique word, an enticement, something that would put pressure up on you to make decisions. You know, there's a lot of unique temptations that are happening right now on the earth that, you know, 20 months ago were not even relevant to us. Decisions having to be made about jobs because workplaces are trying to manipulate and intimidate based on medical information. You say, well, don't you think that's correct and right? I don't think it's right to ever intimidate anybody or to threaten. And when you use a person's livelihood to threaten, you've crossed a line. You've crossed a line over into an area in which literally many of the despots of this earth have used that same tactic to try to control people with. People like Adolf Hitler, people like that, who who ruled under threat. And I don't, I don't doubt that as the days and months proceed that our governments and our, 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 our people that have authority, because you've got to understand it's all the world system. No matter what it looks like or no matter what it does. Amen? And although there are some, uh, I, believe, I believe a lot, a lot of medical information and medical expertise came from God. 
You say, why? Because God has compassion. I remember when Dr. Oral Roberts was alive and when he was building the, the hospitals and everything he was trying to do to try to bring the move of the Holy Ghost into medicine. I don't know if y'all, some of y'all were around in those days. But it was just a few years after that that Lee and I became acquainted with him and for a couple of years were, were close to him. And literally he talked to me about how, listen, Rusty, everything that I've ever done, it just seems like we step out by faith and God bless it. But he said, when it came to medicine, I'm telling you, the devil fought me more than he ever fought me. Trying to raise up these hospitals and bless people medically. He said, the Lord spoke to him and said, there's a lot of people who will never receive divine healing, but you can help them. And he was raising up Holy Ghost filled doctors who would stand over a patient and pray in other tongues. I like that. Amen. But everything has the touch of the world, even the church. That's why the church must purge itself from anything of the world, flesh, and the devil. If we don't, then these temptations of our day and hour are going to seem so strong. Because literally this isn't talking about the temptation to go out and smoke crack or the temptation to go to a pornographic movie or the temptation to uh, commit adultery on your, on your spouse. This is talking about temptations that go contrary to the covenant that we have. Amen. Listen, and listen, don't get weird with this stuff, but a lot of people do because they just, don't, they just don't have the understanding to hear correctly what God is saying. But you're not sick trying to get healed. No matter what the symptoms may be in your body, you may have the symptoms of 40 diseases. God still doesn't see you as sick. God still does not see you as sick because he's looking at you through the blood of his son. And the blood of his son declares your healing and health. Amen. So any sickness or disease that tries to come upon you, you don't possess it. A lot of people we've ministered to, and it's hard to be diplomatic in the altar when the anointing of God's flowing. You tend to be more authoritative. Amen. But many people will come and say things, well, you know, I want you to pray for my arthritis. Or I want you to pray for my diabetes. Or I want you to pray for my, for my heart disease. No, no, it's not yours. Don't possess it with your words. It's better to say, you know, Pastor, I've been being tempted with diabetes for the last 20 years. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to be healed. All that means is you're going to go ahead and accept the way God already sees you. He already sees you healed and what you're going through is just a temptation. You may have a setback financially in your life. Well, thank God you're not broke. And remember, remember some of you might, so we might have some new people here since everybody got rich in the church. Does everybody remember when you got rich? How many want to be rich? How many don't want to be rich? Well, it's easy to get rich. You say what? Get saved, you get rich. Because in the world, now listen to me, in the world, rich is what you have. You don't drive, you don't drive around and see people who are homeless and living under overpasses and wave and say, hey, all you rich people. No, the world, the world system has put them into a place of poverty. But in the kingdom of God, rich is not what you have. Rich is who you are. You're the blessed of God. And listen, financial setbacks and the enemy attacking your fight, that's just a temptation. You're being tempted to be poor. But you're not poor, you're the rich of God. Jesus was made poverty so that you by him might be rich or abundantly supplied. That's what rich means, is abundantly supplied. So no temptation has taken you such as what is common to the human experience. Listen to it in the Amplified. Amplified Bible. No temptation or trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes 
or where it leads has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted to belong to the human experience. That is a piece of information you need to tuck away in your heart. You say, why is that? The devil cannot use supernatural things to tempt you with. He cannot manifest himself in front of you and wave his hands. He can't try and run you into a beer joint. Or do- hey, listen, if there's anything going on in your life, it's you yielding to him, not him overtaking you. Then when it comes to everything that's happening, people tend to think, well, I'll tell you, man, when I got saved, I got a whole new set of problems. No, you didn't. <laughs> All you did was figure out that they are problems. Well, that's a problem. I didn't realize that was a problem until I got saved. Amen. And once you realize it's a problem, you realize, well, God's already delivered me from it. So what has it become in my life? It is a temptation. But everyone in the world is going through the same thing. Here's the difference. They have no answer other than the answers the world offers. We have supernatural answers. We have Holy Ghost power answers. We got power from the very God that created the universe that can take care of the problem of the temptation in your life if you will just appropriate what he has done. Amen. Now let me finish it here on the Amplified. As adapted to the human experience and such as man can bear, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted. And he can be trusted. And he can be trusted. Not to let you be tempted. Oh, this is so good. Not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability. Beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will always also provide a way out of the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. So some of you are going to get a landing place today. You've just kind of been flying around with this temptation for, you know, a week, two weeks, a month, two years, five years, whatever it be. But today you get to, you get to land. What does that mean? You get to come down, get your feet on the ground, get the reality of who you are in Christ, and know that the temptation that you're suffering right now is come to pass. I said it's come to pass. Amen. Amen. Our sister Pam, she was tempted last week to be in a car wreck, be in the hospital, stay in the hospital all week, end up probably dead. (laughs) But we all helped her. How many remember prayer last week? And we helped her resist that temptation. And there she is in church right there. Wave at us right there. Oh, somebody ought to thank God. I could point out others in here that you've gone through some financial temptations. You've gone through some physical temptations. You've gone through some temptations at your job and in your family. Here's the good news. You're fixing to find your landing place. And you're going to land. He's not going to land you in a place of defeat. He's not going to land you in a place of destruction. He's going to land you in a place of victory. 
I like that. Passion Bible. Passion Bible. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. I love this. He will screen and filter the severity and nature and timing of every test or trial you face. That means when you're serving God and the devil's got this big plan that he's going to just tear you to pieces with, God says, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me, let me check up, let me check up on the timing of it. Well, the timing ain't right, you can't do it. Let me test, let me try this, no, that's too severe, you can't, you can't attack my children like that. Amen, amen. And then he looks at the nature of it. Amen. What is this? What is this coming upon the earth? What is this that is happening to people? What is this that's going around? What is this? What is it? And sometimes it's a physical disease. Sometimes it's a mental mindset. Sometimes it's a lot of doubt and unbelief. But God is always watching over us because he knows he's not the origin of all these problems. He's not putting them into our lives to mature us or grow us up. He, is, he knows the devil is loosed upon the earth and attacking God's people. And he's on standby by the Holy Ghost to make sure every temptation that comes against your life you're able by faith to bear it up and to come out on the other end victorious. Someone said, well, why didn't God just stop every trial? Well, that's, that'd be called heaven. But several times in the Bible, Jesus himself said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But have, have hope, have faith, be excited, and be glad because I've overcome the world. And we're in Christ. Amen. Now, it says uh, uh, to filter, to screen the severity, the nature, the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear up. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Amen? Now listen, right now, for us as a church, Our way of escape is the Word and the Spirit. We're going to trust God. We're going to follow the Holy Ghost. We're going to stand upon the Word of God for health, healing, and protection. And we're going to keep going down that path of escape, path of escape, path of escape as we transition down the weeks, the months, the years, however many are there left. One day, God will look down and say, well, they've escaped this and they've escaped that. And there's just one more escape I have for them. Not even Jesus knows the day or the hour. And the father will turn to the son seated at his right hand and say, okay, son, go get your bride. You think he's going to hesitate? You think he's going to take his time? He's been waiting 2,000 years to come down and gather all that he's said and done, everything that is his upon the earth, and bring it to heaven with him for seven years of a glorious banquet called the marriage supper of the Lamb. The Bible says encourage each other with these words. It's coming. It's going to happen just like next week is coming, just like November is coming. God will come and get his church and bring us out of this and we'll have the great escape. Everybody say, God bless Steve McQueen. (laughs) Some of y'all are just now getting that. Second Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Glory to God. Man, the anointing of God is in this place. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Now, King James, 
Second Peter chapter one. Hmm. Chapter three. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Chapter one, verse three. Whew. One three. Second Peter, chapter one, verse three. Was I anywhere near that? <laughs> Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. 3. Here we go. According as his divine nature hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. That word's the word power. Now notice, what, what has God called you? Well, he's called me to be a good mom or a good dad. He's called me to be a good, a good employee at the job where I work. He's called me to be a good church. No, he's called you to virtue and power. Amen? He, he, listen, he's, he's called you into glory and virtue. Listen, the power produces the glory in your life. Mm, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Now notice this. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now I was praying the other day, and I, it's amazing sometimes how God speaks to me and how, how, how you see things. But you know, after World War II, the earth began to recover from really a devastating period of time. Actually, about, about 1938 through about 1945, uh, uh, the fall of 1945, September, when the, when the Japanese actually surrendered. But fighting went on actually for several months after that. There's people that wouldn't give up. They found J Japanese soldiers in the jungles of the Philippines 20 years later, still, still raising the Japanese flag every morning. But there was a great effort here in the United States to bring the United States to a place of, uh, of advanced prosperity and blessing. The baby boom, all of the economic booms that began to take place, the development of the oil industry, which had already been developed back toward the turn of the century, it just, it just exponentially exploded. All the homes that were built, the cars that were made, everything that was doing, and, and people made a lot of money. And some people, a few people, made a whole lot of money. Now you'd have thought they'd have been satisfied with billions of dollars in their bank accounts, whoever they may be. But this is the world system. This is the world system. You understand that? Therefore, those that gather great wealth to the point that their wealth doesn't even matter to them anymore because it's really irrelevant because now they're loose to be able to do whatever they desire to do because of their, of their wealth and their increase. Therefore, the lust that they have in them is not for wealth anymore, it's for power. It's for control. Because man in his fallen state desires to control his brother. That's what he desires to do. And so now, you know, some, what, 70-something years after that, period of time, we have men upon the earth that they could really care less about making a whole lot more money because there really ain't a whole lot more money they can make. You can keep printing it and piling it up. What difference? I mean, if you've got 10 warehouses full of money, what does 11 mean? 
So it's really not the money, it's the power, it's the control. They lust for it. And the lust of the world system in the last days will be for that, to be able to manipulate by intimidation for the, for the, for the purpose of controlling the masses. Now, that's never been, uh, been relevant to the, to the world until today. Because today, you can go to one of the most impoverished or one of the most places that you think is the furthest from any civilization. No light poles, no nothing. And you'll see somebody walking down the road with a cell phone in their hand. Amen? Communication around the world now is not a problem. It can happen in an instant of time. And this world system, not some, not some central person. Well, if we could just get rid of this person or that, that. They're just players. That's all they are is players. They're pawns on a board being moved by a power, which is the devil who's always been the enemy of God. He is the one behind the scenes pulling the strings and it's become more and more relevant every day what's going on. You can see the demonic fingerprints upon what's going on in the world. Does anybody believe that? See that? You can see it. And you'll see it more and more in the days ahead because one of the most preeminent experiences that is happening on the earth right now is what? Death. People are dying. They're dying from COVID. They're dying from starvation because of COVID. They're dying because of suicide, because of all the things that are coming upon the earth. Men's hearts are failing them for fear of that which is coming upon the earth. So what is the number one fear in humanity? It is death, except in the church where we don't fear death because we serve a God that took the sting away from it. We know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and it's not better. You don't go to a better place. You go to a far better place is what Paul said. Far better. But in the midst of it, we're going to we're gonna have to get through this. So there's no temptation that we're going through as a church or that you're going through as an individual that's not going on out there. But God has made a way of escape. And now here in 2 Peter, he shows us, you've got, you've got, this, you've got this treasure. You've got this, you've got this power. You've got these precious promises of God. And with these precious promises of God here on the earth, while you're here, while you're here in the nasty now and now, you can be a partaker of the divine nature. Now, what's that going to do? The more you partake of the divine nature, amen, the more you escape the corruption that is in the world. Well, Pastor, I, I, I tell you, if it's up to me, I just like to escape all this. I talked to a, to, a, to a guy yesterday, actually a doctor. I talked to a doctor yesterday in Hawaii. He moved to Hawaii to teach at the University of Hawaii uh, to teach medicine, in particular uh, uh, type of medicine that he practices. And so I was asking him, because he's a surfer, and I was asking him, I said, man, must be often, awesome, often living there, awesome living there. You're by the beach. You can go. He said, you know, it's, it's been really, he said, I've been to Hawaii before, but, but it's, it's really not good here right now. I said, what do you mean? He says, it's just, everything is just, it goes from shutdown to lockdown to, to this to that. And, and it's just, you know, paradise has kind of lost its shine. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, even for a period of time, I went over to Kauai. Lynn, I love Kauai, one of the most beautiful places in the earth. He said, I went over there. He says the same thing, the same thing. He says, just crazy. And he said, and the homeless are everywhere. He said, I've never seen so many homeless people around. Well, I guess if you're going to be homeless, why be a good place, amen? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, he said, it's desperate. That's what he said. It's desperate over here. It's like that all over the world, church. Everywhere you go, all over the world, it's like that.
But there is an escape. And it's the Word, the Spirit of God in your life and in your heart that will help you to escape all of this temptation, this trauma, this drama that the enemy is just trying to draw out. Listen, and here's the thing. I don't see how we get this sometimes. The enemy is not a great organizer. He's not a great champion. There's nothing in his character that would be desirable at all. He's a wretched disaster of a being. Be careful, Pastor. Be careful. He might hear you say that. I hope he does. Because I'm saying it for his benefit. He got kicked out of heaven. He came to earth, couldn't even cut on the lights. God had to come down and cut on the lights. Then he floundered around during that old covenant, never could stop Israel, even though he fed their lust and fed every desire of the flesh they had. He fed it and fed it and fed it and still couldn't overcome it. David still became the preeminent king on the earth. And Jesus came from the lineage of David. He couldn't stop the bloodline. I said he couldn't stop the bloodline. And that bloodline showed up one day in a little manger in Bethlehem. And God said, there's the escape I've been looking for. The people on the earth now have an escape route through Jesus Christ, my son, I'm sending to the earth. And while he's on the earth, he'll show the world my nature. I heal, I bless, I deliver, I have love, I have grace, I have mercy, I have compassion. Then he'll die on the cross, he'll rise from the dead, and he'll make the way straight. Thank God he did. You say, what way? The way of escape. Now, let me, can I read a couple other translations? I love these translations. Where does my time go on Sundays? My goodness. Just slow that clock down. <laughs> Amplified. Let me, let me read the Amplified real quick. Verse 3. It says, For his divine power has been bestowed upon us, all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness, through the full personal knowledge of him, who called us by and to his own glory and excellent virtue. Now, let me... This will help us, and this will help us in the days ahead to be more efficient soul winners. You say, well, sometimes when you read these scriptures, you, you almost hear a hint of Calvinism by the, by the separation of the us and them of the world and the church. We didn't do that. God did it. God actually did it in the Old Covenant when he called the us and them of the Old Covenant those that doubted and were in unbelief and those that had faith. Amen. Now the difference is those that are in the world and those that are in the church. But never ever fall into a Calvinist trap that people are predestined to do and be what they are. Every person who is a sinner needs a revelation that I'm a sinner. Every person that is a sinner needs a revelation there is a Savior. And all of those available for salvation are called this, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. There's no isolated group. There's no set group of people over here. See, you get into Calvin's things, you say, well, God, ever, God already knows everybody's going to be saved. I don't believe that. I don't believe for one minute God knows everybody that's going to. You say, why? Well, he gave that to the church to evangelize, to go out, to win people to the Lord. And we've got to break ourselves loose and recognize and realize every person out there, whether they're driving a limousine or whether they're living under a bridge, they are precious to God. And what God said to Peter in Acts chapter 10 is still true today. What God hath cleansed, 
Call thou not common or unclean. And he's already cleansed every person out there. They just hadn't heard it yet. They need to see it in us. We need to live it. Amen? Let me find this again. I, it's hard for me. Let me show you sometimes why it's so hard for me. See what I do to my Bibles? It's just nasty. Well, if you have a Bible so holy you can't write in it, anybody know? Throw it away. Get you one not so holy you can write in it. Amen? His divine power bestowed upon us all things requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full and personal knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellent virtue. He's calling everybody. By means of those, He has bestowed upon us His precious and exceeding great promises from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetedness, lust, and greed and become sharers and partakers of the divine nature. Now, let's wrap this up. I'll leave that one open. All of us go through temptations, actually daily. I mean, you know, it's, it's an incredible world. You can't sneeze now without thinking. Somebody sneeze around you, kind of like... Amen. Leah sneezed. I tell her, I'm going to the beach. See you <laughs> Our thinking. That's why, listen, don't just sit there and saturate yourself with all of the stuff coming out of the world, the world's media. Amen. I mean, it's just amazing the, 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 the amount of information that flows every day. Ebb and flow, ebb and flow. But only one source of information carries the power in it necessary for you to live the overcoming life in this day and hour. And these scriptures, now listen, though that first generation of believers, those that were baptized in the Holy Ghost in the upper room, those that suffered the persecution of the church, those that spread out all over the world, as the lives of, of Peter and John and the Apostle Paul, as they begin to age, as that first generation begin to begin to 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 uh, to die away, to go to heaven, to go to their reward, they they finally at the end of that generation they begin to realize we're not the ones. They they were because see they thought they were the ones. When when Jesus went up in a cloud, an angel remained and said the same way he left, he's coming back. He was talking to them personally as the church. Amen. Well, they they were thinking maybe tomorrow then certainly after we all got the Holy Ghost and 3,000 got saved and 5,000, well certainly, so they were very expectant that at any moment the way he left in those clouds is the way he's coming back. But now if you go read First and Second Peter, you see that Peter, he recognized that in the, in the church there was this kind of this mumbling, well where is, where is the coming of God? They said he was coming back, where is he? So people were questioning that. So here we are 2,000 years later and we can go into the Word of God and some of these guys that study eschatology a little more than I do, they can show you all of the different types and shadows in which God showed us very plainly there's a 6,000 year lease upon this earth that belongs to man. He showed us very plainly that it's divided into two dispensations of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. He shows us very plainly that the New Covenant is literally going to consist as it is shown us very plainly in the, in the parable of the Good Samaritan. 
that there's going to be an end, that there's going to be payment made, that there's going to be two days, and then after the two days, if anything is old, I'll pay you then. That's the third, that's the third or the next thousand years that we're looking at. Listen, we're at the end of that 2000 and we're looking at that thousand year millennial reign and we're being squished in the middle. We are. As they were the first generation of this covenant, we very well may be the last. And if we're not the last, I guarantee you these young people around here and they're, they're we're, listen, we're so close right now, it's, it's just ridiculous. How can you deny what's going on? So in the midst of that, what do you think the adversary is going to do? He's going to turn up the pressure. I mean, I have fought more temptations to be sick, temptations to be broke, temptations to just give up. You ever felt like that? You thought, man, I'm telling you, take me now, Lord God. Amen. I mean, and that temptation that's there, the increase of it is the proof of the day that we're living in. All of us have had to deal with COVID. All of us have to deal with everything that comes from that. Many of you have had interruptions at your jobs and your businesses, setbacks. This has happened. That has happened. But in the midst of it all, we're still here. We're still strong. We're still moving forward. We still have value and purpose in the eyes of God. And God's not finished with us yet. And as the latter house was great, the former house will be greater. Take the precious promises of God and jam them up against your temptation. Get bold. The kingdom of God suffereth violence. We're knowing that now. And the violent take it by force. There is so much the enemy's trying to do to divide the church right now. Racial lines. Now, we're all, now we have medical lines. We want all the vaccinated people to sit over here. We want all the unvaccinated to sit over here. Amen. And they want everybody else to sit in the middle. Well, there ain't anybody else. <laughs> That's called division. Everybody say division. I saw an ad for a church the other day. The, 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 no, no members would be allowed in the church unless they're vaccinated. I thought to myself, you've just divided your church. Because people are praying and, and some people are just being patient. Some people have medical reasons. Some people have other reasons. Other people have just, they're just stubborn like me. Amen. But people need to be afforded. Notice this. Division always comes in groups of people, when the enemy comes in and tries to elevate individual rights above that of the corporate vision. Vaccinated, come to church, bless God. Unvaccinated, come to church, bless God. Black, white, red, green, polka dot. Bless God. Men in women's clothing. We had one come. You know why he came? Listen, listen, listen. I'll tell you why he came. No church in Galveston would have it. You say, why? Because it was a government scam. We knew it. And they said, well, can he come to Ireland? Yeah, come on. And I don't know, y'all remember, sat right back there. We loved him. We blessed him. I even thought I was getting, you know, I thought, man, praise God. I saw him. You know, he'd come and he's all dressed up. And then one day he came and had jeans on. I thought, oh, Lord, the word is working. Glory. And then next time he came, he wasn't wearing his high heels. I said, please, God, line upon line, precept upon precept. The word is working mightily. Then he quit wearing, he quit wearing everything but his earrings. Man, I thought I was hitting it out of the park. <laughs> then on the last Sunday he came, he came dressed in a pink dress, big high heel shoes, and a big flowing hat. 
And I thought, (laughs) (laughs) so what do you do? Come on back. If the church is not open to every person, who in the world are we? There may be other things that happen. Well, you can't have them because they're Haitian refugees. Haitian refugees, come on in. Central America, come on in. You come over the border illegal, you need a place to worship God, come on in. Well, I can't go to a church like that. Well, you can't come here then. Show me what soul, show me what spirit in any one of them that is worth any more or less than you in God's eyes. And when you find someone like that that's less, I'll keep them out. But there ain't nobody like that. God loves them all. I said, God cares about them all. And I guarantee you when some of the testimonies get told of some of those poor people that have made that journey across Mexico, you're going to hear You're going to hear about miracles. You're going to hear about other Christians helping them. You're going to hear about the blessing. Forget all this government garbage. Amen. And realize there's a bunch of hurting people on this earth. And God is wanting our people to raise up that radiate his glory, his power, his hope, and his faith. And that's us. And if we're going to be those people, we're going to have to resist these temptations. We cannot accept the mindset of this world when it comes to any subject. We have to stand with God, His Word, and His promises and walk in His power or we will not make it in this day. Listen, and I said this years ago, actually two years ago, I said a lot of my teaching and preaching is going from instructional to warnings. Serve the Lord. Serve God with all your heart. Be a part of a local church that has a vision for the world and a vision for people and wants to help and take care and be God's mouth speaking, hands extended, and feet running to the disasters of people's lives in this day and hour. Somebody's got to help them. Somebody's got to bless them. Somebody's got to preach and teach the word to them. Amen? And I just trust men and women in the body of Christ that have gathered millions and millions of dollars and set it up in bank accounts and that money's worth less every day, will empty themselves of all of that and begin to touch the world with that money and bless and help and feed and clothe and show people that there's a God that loves them. Because that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're doing. We're doing it right now. And by doing that, guess what we get? For every temptation that's in our life, there's an escape. And so Brian takes an escape. Tracy takes an escape. Amen. Dana, she finds an escape for that financial problem. Pam finds an escape for the pain of that, uh, that, that wreck or whatever it was. Verdine finds an escape to something that was going on in her life. And then all of a sudden, we're all finding these escapes. And then we're touching the world, blessing people and all, doing what God... You know what that does? You know what that causes us to be? That causes us to be glorious. And then as our compassion rises, as the compassion of God, you know what begins to happen to us? The wrinkles begin to come out. Because we're no longer looking out for ourselves. We're not selfish anymore. We're not just, oh, my four and no more. Or my few hundred that are in the church and just us. It's not us. We're not inclusive. We're, we're, we're reaching out and opening up and doing everything we can do to help and bless and touch people. Yes. You know what God will do one day? He'll look down and say, go get them. Amen. The escape is time for the big escape. Get on your motorcycle. <laughs> Amen. It's time. And this time you're not going to fall over at the fence. Some of you don't know what we're talking about, but it's good anyway. Amen. Isn't God good? Lift your hands. Father, we worship you. Now, Lord, I pray over the church right now. Everything every man or woman is facing in here is a common problem unique to the human experience. 
But Father, you showed us very plainly in your word that there is a way of escape. There is a nature that we have. We are the offspring of our fathers, our heavenly Father. And we thank you that here on this earth at this time, your glory, your power, and all the attributes that make you the God that you are, Lord, I thank you will be resident in us as your people. Lord, I thank you that all the different emotions, negative emotions of humanity, the, the, the prejudice, the hate, the, the, the separation, the segregation, all of that. Father, I thank you that we are purged of that here. And I thank you that here, Father, people can come and find a place of hope. That they can see there's another story that's being told. That they can recognize and realize that there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed real quick. Let me ask you quickly before we're dismissed, are you living right? Are you doing right? Are you right with God? If you're here today, you say, I, I don't know. What does that even mean, to be right with God? Well, Jesus is the one that coined the phrase, you must be born again. You say, well, I have no idea what being born again means. Well, let me explain it real simple. You're born first time, the first time you're born, you're born onto the earth, into a family. Your personal family has a name, but you're born into the human family. The human family has a problem. It's fallen. It's cursed. But Jesus came to break the curse, to take the fallen human family and to make a way of escape out of the human family into God's family. That's really the most important escape in life. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm part of God's family. Then you can be part. It's so easy. The Bible says even a fool or a wayfaring person, that means a person that just travels from place to place with no purpose, says they can enter in and be part of what God's doing. All you need is these two revelations we've already mentioned. Once, number one, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Those two pieces of information can save your life for eternity. Eternity. So how do I get the Savior? It's so simple. All you need to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. There is a God. He sent His Son Jesus. He raised Him from the dead and He did it for me. By, by believing that, by receiving that into your life, you become what the Bible calls born again. You are now saved. You're no longer in the human family. You're now in God's family. Heaven is now your home instead of hell being your punishment. Or you may be in here and you are saved. But you've not been living for God. You've not been doing the things you know to do. Reading your Bible, coming to church, praying, all of these things that help you to be a partaker of the divine nature. You need to be right with God today. We're going to pray a simple prayer in just a moment. I'm going to ask those that would like to be included in the prayer to raise their hand. We're not going to invite you down to the altar today. We're not just, that's not the season in which we're doing that right now. But if you're here today, very privately between you and God, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm the only one looking around. I've got a couple of ushers helping me. You say, Pastor, that's me. Would you include me in that prayer? If that's you, I would. Raise your hand right now. Raise it up and put it down. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? There's been three or four here. Quickly, you don't need it. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Help me, ushers, quickly. I'm going to look one more time. That's, that's four or five. I'm not exactly sure. Now, here's what we're going to do. Everybody stand, if you will. Everybody stand. Now, we're all going to pray a prayer, and we're gonna, all going to pray it out loud. Island Church, you love to do this, don't you? Yes. I ought to get a better amen than that. Yes. And we're going to pray this prayer. You that raised your hand, 
You pray it too, but pray it out loud so your own ears hear it. And after you pray it, I want you to settle something in your heart. And I want that. Don't let the devil, don't let anything in your past, don't let nothing steal this from you. I'm right with God. I'm right with God. That's, that's such a comforting piece of information to have in your heart. How many agree with that? Isn't it? I'm right with God. I'm right with God. Then determine this. Once you've determined that, determine, I'm going to stay right. I'm going to stay right. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to come to church. going to do the things God wants me to do. Amen. Church, we're going to pray. Everybody ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Areas of my life that do not please you, I appropriate the blood of Jesus that cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. You know me better than I know myself. You know my pain, my temptations, and my weaknesses. I'm asking you today, where I'm weak, you be strong. I'm in covenant with you, Heavenly Father, through the blood of your Son and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Virgin born, a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. And I am, I am a partaker of his nature. I am right with God. Devil, you hear me. I'm right with God. I'm going to stay right in Jesus' name. Amen. Now shout with them. Come on and shout with them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a wonderful service. Thank you for what you've demonstrated and spoken unto us. As we leave today, as Pastor Lee has done so well in the past couple of weeks in expounding and expanding on Psalms 91. Lord, many years ago, we took you at your word and we adopted Psalms 91 as the closing tradition of Island Church. We don't tire of it. We don't take it for granted. And we worship and thank you for what it's accomplished in the last 18, 19 years. So we again, last Sunday of September, declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. We thank you, Father, a thousand can fall at our side, 10,000 our right hand. We'll only behold the reward of the wicked. Thank you, Father, in our travel in the airways, seaways, railways, airways, any other way of travel or transportation. In all the righteous labor of our hands, we stand against accidents, trauma, terror, temptation of any kind. We say, devil, you are defeated and under our feet. And Jesus, you are Lord and Savior. We're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We are receiving from God on every level, healing, prosperity, blessing, and favor, the favor of God in our lives. Thank you for the fire of evangelism that stirs in us, that witnessing is not an effort, that every day we have opportunity to be an answer to people's prayer, problem to the devil, miracle in somebody's life. 
Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. We thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.